What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Awesome Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with one T. McBee, Terry McBride, as we get ready to bring you to September 2nd, Wednesday, baseball, 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 and we are one turn of the calendar closer to the NFL. Terry, are you getting ready for the NFL? Yeah, I, I am. I still feel a little bit behind. You and I were talking about it, I think, off the air uh, the other day, just with the lack of preseason and everything. It's it's really sneaking up on me. So I've been uh, I'm going to be relying heavily, heavily on our rankings from the site this year. And uh, I really like how that's making me different from uh, ADP and uh, a lot of the consensus rankings. So it's going to be a dynamite draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of catching up to do still. That's kind of going to be the rest of my week and weekend. I actually have uh, a little time off next week. I'll still be doing content stuff, but I'm not going to be doing the day job. Plus, it's a holiday weekend. So I figure that's when I'm going to try to get in a few best balls each day. Uh, Normally, I do, uh, or last year, I did a couple hundred of them. This year, there's just not going to be the time. I also, you know, like you, the kind of the dearth of information. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with with people uh, that would get sick. Um, you know, are they going to cancel games? Because we we didn't really know. And then once sports started up again, well, I've been so busy focusing on uh, NHL and, and NBA and baseball that I, I just haven't had time. And, and without the cadence of preseason, like you said, oh, my gosh, where, where are we going to find all this stuff? Or it just doesn't seem real. Because now it's like, oh, yeah, shouldn't we be thinking about the MLB All-Star break right about now? Or shouldn't it be like the 4th of July when everybody's wearing the cool hats with the stars and stripes motifs and all? It's like, no, no, we've got about, what, 30 or so days left of baseball yeah, regular yeah. season. Yeah, so we're in fall baseball mode. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It seems like it should be heating up, like you're saying, like just getting to those warm months and those really hot months. And yeah, we're, we're in cool off mode now. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So fortunately, we as you mentioned, you alluded to there, we do have some amazing content here on Osmo for season long, in addition to our um, DFS stuff for, for NFL. And you guys, if you haven't signed up, you kind of missed out on the the very the amazing deal that we had where we were, we were uh, given 30% off uh, for our season long NFL package and throwing in our, uh, our, our season, our se- the full DFS for the year for NFL was also including the season long NFL uh and best ball and drafting and all of that so that deal's gone but what we still have is we have if you sign up for our our draft kit it's just 29.95 right so that's not a lot it's well worth it and as terry mentioned this is 
There's no DFS echo chamber. There's no group think because this is just, everything's going off of Alex's models. He's um, ran the numbers on all the games and is adjusting for news and in player changes and injuries and trades and, you know, Leonard Fournette getting cut and things like that. But um, this is a, a different approach. So he's applying what he does for daily fantasy onto the season long. Now, he did a little bit of that last year because he had his own rankings, but this year he's making them available for everybody. So that you get that plus you get all sorts of articles, strategy, content, player capsules for everybody with uh, stats and, and just everything. So it's a very, very, very slick product. That's just $29.95. And then if you go and sign up at the FFPC, and use that same email address, we'll uh, contact support at Osimo, and we'll make sure you get a $35 credit over there at the FFPC. So win-win, it's uh, definitely a way to do it because they do best ball contests over there. They're trying to get some new customers in here, and that's the deal that they're they're offering if, you, uh, if you've already signed up with us as well for the season-long NFL package to get a little synergy going there. So there you are. That will be the sales pitch. There will be one secret one that happens, but otherwise no more sales pitches for the show. <laughs> so hit that like button and retweet our tweets for this show. But there you are. That's my, my, my uh, Wednesday gift to all of you guys. All right, Terry, let's jump on in here. So I can be benevolent at times. Very, very kind of you. And the next, the next one will be so secret, like you said, they won't even notice. They won't even notice. Painless. Painless. Come on. (laughs) All right. So DraftKings is running a classic, which is their two-pitcher normal position, two-game slate at 3 o'clock. And then they're running their turbo two-game 6 o'clock slate, which is uh, pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders, two utility. So we're not going to talk about their pricing, but we're going to talk about all the pitchers and we will utilize FanDuel as our little guideline here because they are doing a four game slate and it's just a, a little more for organization. But the same analysis will apply uh, on the single game contest as well as the two game contest. So at 310, we have our game in Coors Field. It's going to be in the mid 80s. We've got a little breeze going out to left. Logan Webb is taking the mound here for San Francisco. And then Kyle Freeland is on the other side for the Rockies. We have a 5.7 implied run total for um, San Francisco. 6.5 going against Logan Webb for the Rockies. Any points of merit for these pitchers? Or is there a specific type of hitter you would like to target either with? Um, everybody, game, um, <laughs> yeah, that's basically what's going to be my answer. I was trying to figure out a good way to put it. Coors game, uh, yeah, I think these are pitchers we can target with bats. They both do get some ground balls, uh, 55.5% ground ball, uh, 49% career for Freeland, and uh, 48.9% ground ball uh, so far this year for uh, Webb. So maybe guys who can uh, keep the ball on the ground a little bit tomorrow, limit some of the runs, but of course just plays big in general. Even if people aren't hitting the ball out of the yard, there's just so much, so much room in the gaps. And, uh, you know, you get a couple of guys on base, you get a gapper and uh, all of a sudden you got a five run total anyway. So I don't like either pitcher here. Um, neither guy really is uh, is much of a strikeout pitcher. So really not much to see here on the, uh, on the offensive side or the pitching side on the offensive side, I would probably look more Rockies just based on Freeland is more experienced pitching at cores, knows it a little bit better and has demonstrably handled it in, in seasons past. So I would shy more away from the giants and lean more into the Rockies. If I was choosing a side on uh, the bat side of this. 
All right, the next one is at 405. A little bit of potential rain in the DC area. This one's in Baltimore. We've got Michael Waka back off the injured, uh, I believe he was on the injured list. And then you've got John Means, uh, as Terry pointed out to me before uh, the show. 2019 All-Star pitcher, John Means. Uh, the Mets are actually decent on offense this year, uh, to the point of I would say they're actually good. They have the ability to get right-handed or left-handed, and they've got competent bant bats. Who knew? Uh, all it took was Suspetus to just wander away from the team, and uh, they're <laughs> they're making a little bit of noise. Uh, keep an eye on J.D. Davis. He's been a little dinged up. But otherwise, going against means with some of the righties is perfectly fine. They've got Todd Frazier back in the fold. Yes, he was in Texas for the last month, but he's back uh, in in uh, a Metropolitan's uniform. Wilson Ramos is very solid against lefties. And then uh, McNeil and Conforto are the two lefty-lefty uh, guys. I don't mind in this one. On the other side, going against Waka, for me, I think Anthony Santander is just a, ph yep. a phenomenal young hitter. And then it gets a little a little funky. So Ryan Mountcastle has been towards the bottom of the lineup. He on on DK, uh, I think he's still maybe it was ES. Oh, it's ESPN. I'm thinking he's multi position on DK. I forget which ones on ESPN. He's first, third, and outfield eligible. Um, well, that's him. On, yeah, it's where I who, hashtag 2020. I don't know if they changed the eligibility rules this year or he had them because of minor league or whatever. But usually they you have to get five or ten games yeah. uh, uh be, before you anybody gets that many <laughs> positions <laughs> yeah, so been in the league long enough to have played that many spots. yeah so i think he probably came up with like first and third eligibility and earned outfield or something along yeah. those lines but in any event he's down at the bottom of the order intriguing guy we could see leading off and he's near minimum everywhere cedric mullins he's a guy that i guess uh, I, I'll, I can name five old school leadoff hitters that nobody's going to know who they are, but Chucky Carr, let's go with him. Um, you've got <laughs> Florida Marlins. There you, oh, and I think he played for Colorado too. In any event, uh, Mullins is an interesting guy. He's also a switch hitter. He does have some speed, but he is someone that, that if we're, you're getting him at a near minimum at the top of the order, go for it. He's someone that's, this will be, I think, his third different season here with Baltimore. He came up as a September call-up. I want to say it was two years ago. It wasn't last year. We'd seen him before that, um, and just kind of, kind of, uh, you know, when Baltimore was mailing it in, uh, had some moments. So he's someone I want to, I, I would look to as well. I'm going to pull up his player card and see if there's anything good on him. Um, do you like either of these pitchers, Means or Michael Waka? No, not really. I don't think uh, it means it's just coming back. I don't know how much he's going to go, how much leash he's going to have here. And uh, second half of his year last year, not nearly as good as that first part that got him to the all-star game. So just not a pitcher I really want to rely on. Uh, Walk is a pitcher I never really want to rely on. Uh, do not trust him. Uh, just looking at him, uh, career 20.8% strikeout rate, 8.1% walk, only 1.03 home run per nine for his career. But last year, 1.85. Uh, 2.12 in 2020 so far, uh, 2.10 into right-handed hitters in 2019. Uh, so righties can definitely put some uh, damage on him with the home run ball. Not a lot of strikeout, not a lot of whiff. Sitting 20th uh, percentile in hard hit rate, 11th in uh, fastball spin, 14th in curveball spin. So he's got kind of a flat arsenal that just sits in the zone for hitters. Not a guy I like to get to. So I think we can play some of the bats on both sides. You mentioned the Mets. 
very, very good lineup at this point. And I like that theory that uh, they just had to get rid of Cespedes and uh, everything would fall into place. Seems like it's true. It really is working out for them and uh, bringing in some new bats uh, for their playoff race uh, or some very old bats for their playoff race, but uh, could work out, could bolster them a little bit. Pete Alonso needs to get in gear for them uh, if they're going to really do any damage overall. But uh, we saw all his quality last year, so I'm still not worried. You know, it's a, it's still a small sample. Um, so I think he bounces back, has a nice September, and they really go on a run. I do like the Orioles lineup, uh, you know, here and there. I think against this pitcher, we can utilize it. You mentioned Mullins. Uh, if he's going to be hitting up top, I like him better than what I said about him in my column when he was hitting. I had him projected to hit ninth today. Uh, so I do like him better in the leadoff spot. Santander, you mentioned, uh, definitely very, very good option. Uh, going into yesterday when I was writing about him, uh, he was second in the league in doubles in addition to his, uh, I believe, his top 10 in home runs with 10. So he's really putting a, a drive into the ball, doing really well so far this year. Hits from both sides of the plate, so the bullpen won't affect him. Uh, you can get some power out of Renato Nunez. You get a little bit out of chance, Cisco on the left side of the plate. And then you mentioned Mountcastle. Those guys basically are there. They'll help you get from Santander to Mountcastle in that stack. I wouldn't really dabble too much with the bottom of the lineup there. Yep. So uh, Cedric Mullins, I was right. He came up uh, late in 2018. That's the most he's played. He's been around for 50 or so at uh, 60 at bats this year um, or plate appearances. Uh, he last year in the minors uh showed some nice speed he had uh, 33 uh stolen bases uh year before that across and that was across various stops during the year the year before that he had 21 uh and then when he was in low a he had 30 uh 17 and, and 23 so he does he's not afraid to run i think when i and he had a little bit of pop i think i remember him like as a as a minimum priced guy who like got a home run and a steal or something like that and you know, we were off to the races. Um, so he's not yeah, like a, a, yeah, he's not like a top, top prospect, but on a short slate, he's someone to take note of. He could be that, you know, that, that the spark, the spark guy, not like a, a true Billy Hamilton because he can actually hit, but, um, you know, he's, he's someone to look to. All right. Yeah. And someone who's not necessarily going to get the name recognition either. So, you know, you're, you're sneaky with that spot as well. The six o'clock games are the Cardinals at the Reds. They're putting a hurt on Sonny Gray, the Cardinals, that is. We've got uh, Johan Ovedio, Oveto, uh, will be taking the bump there for the Redbirds. The Reds will have Tyler Molle going. We know that Molle is very, very, very susceptible to lefties, but there are, and I want to say, but. They're not terrifying lefties, but there's going to be a lot of them because the bottom part of the lineup here for the Cardinals can be very uh, a lot of switch hitters, which is something they did not really have previously. Last year, it was mostly their lefties were mostly Colton Long, switch hitting Tommy Edelman, and then Matt Carpenter, who you know had a last year was his crappy year. The year before was his resurgent year out of nowhere. Um, but that was really it for their lefties. Then they now they've got those guys plus Dexter Fowler. And Dexter Fowler's kind of an afterthought at this point. But Dylan Carlson, uh, Colton Long, Brad Miller added to the mix, former Mariner, former uh, Tampa Bay Ray, uh, et cetera. He has some up, up power upside. Um, and I, I saw they had, who was it, Aristides Aquino was in the lineup uh, oh, earlier I today. Yeah, I didn't realize he was up with the big club, but uh, that yeah. was... A, a name I had not heard for a while, pure raw power hitter. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, th so there's your Redbirds. On the other side, um, 
Oh, he is slated to be in the lineup again. Aristides Aquino. Uh, on the other side, you got Moustakis, Suarez, uh, Castellanos. So this is all about the hitters, in my opinion. Anything, anything stand out to you on either of the? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The pitchers for this one. Yeah, I think it is uh, a hitter's spot. Um, I, I do like Molly. He's made some changes. Uh, his fastball spin before this year went up from uh, 2150-ish to 2350-ish. Uh, and that's made a big, big difference uh, in his ability to get whiff on that pitch. Uh, so could be a real impact. We've seen he's gone up to 28.8% uh, whiff on that four-seamer now. And we've seen that for some of the other guys that we've talked about recently, where adding that spin and creating the rising effect on the fastball really helps the other stuff play well off of uh, off of the fastball. Uh, so he's getting he's in the 89th percentile in strikeout rate this year, 88th percentile in whiff rate. Um 2.23 home run per nine versus uh, versus left-handers for his career in 284 and two-thirds innings. So definitely want to watch out for that. And if you're rolling out uh, bats on the other side, uh, like you said, I definitely think that's a spot to look to uh, with some of those switch hitters and some of those lefties. But overall, Molly's you know he's he could be sneaky on that slate, and uh, you might be able to make use of him in that one pitcher format on DK. The other kid, uh, Oviedo, is a prospect uh, for the Cards but not really a kid who I think is there yet. He was a mid 20 strikeout percent in the minors, 10 to 12% walk rate though. Uh, he's got 40 grade command in traditional scouting, which is not good. Uh, so he's kind of an all over the place guy, 55 grade fastball, 55 curve and change. So he's got decently graded stuff, throws it about 95 on his fastball. Um, so far this year, very limited uh, sample, uh, 10 innings pitched, but he's a uh, first percentile exit velo, first percentile hard hit rate, 15th percentile ex Woba. Uh, so just a kid who's probably not there yet. Uh, so I think you can load up some of those Reds bats. Uh, you mentioned Aquino being back. Uh, we've got uh, Castellanos in there, Eugenio Suarez in there, Mike Mustakas in there. So I think you throw a few of those guys at the kid and uh, you're probably going to be sitting pretty. All right. Uh, just for fun, here are the lefties through seven innings against the Reds. Colton Long, four for four, two RBIs, four runs scored. Tommy Edelman, or Tommy Edmond, three for six, uh, a run scored, an RBI. Uh, lefty Brad Miller, three for five, five RBIs, two runs scored. And then uh, Yadier Molina, who is not a lefty, but he does have, uh, he's three for five, played catcher and first base tonight. And then Matt, yeah, Matt Carpenter, <laughs> one for four, but two runs scored and a walk. All right. All right. I'll take it. They're up 14 Let to it. one. <laughs> so bull, the bullpen has <laughs> been take... heavily used. They have gone with six pitchers, five out of the bullpen already for the Reds. Wow. How much of that got hung on Sonny's down? Uh, he had got two outs, six runs, earned um, five hits, three, three walks, one strikeout, no home runs allowed. Yeah, there's just that's been one home Yankee run. Sunny Gray performance. Yeah, that's that's an appearance from the fraudulent Sunny Gray, as yes, uh, it is. Laffy and Davis Maddock coined him oh so many years ago. <laughs> I remember that Sunny Gray. All so, right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that kid uh, 
you pronounce it Oviedo. And uh, if I'm remembering my Spanish, Ovidar means to forget. So that's ah. a conjugation of to forget. So he's a forgettable pitcher, and I've already forgotten him. There we go. Now we have the real pitchers. Well, one anyway. Hinyan Ryu gets the matchup against Miami on the other side. Sixto Sanchez had a decent start. Uh, I think it was his last outing. Uh, but the Jays are... I don't know what to do with the Jays. They're a team that I I just I don't know what to do with them anymore. That's all I've got. I'm sorry. Are they <laughs> buying? Are they selling? They've got people hurt. Uh, Jonathan VR revenge, instantaneous revenge, I guess. Because um, yeah, right. he, he's now in their lineup. This will be the second game he's played. Danny Jansen's playing a prominent role again. Travis Shaw is in the mix. Rowdy Telez, those are lefties that can't hit other lefties. I don't know. It just... This is a weird lineup. Yeah, weird is a good way to describe this lineup, uh, the way that they're constructed right now. You know, we've got quality that we like in uh, the kids, the second generation kids, but uh, some of them are, are missing here. Uh, we're uh, Note Oscar tonight. Um, so you've got uh, you know, Kevin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero, and Loris Gurriel are in the lineup tonight. You can get to some of those guys and then mix and match. I like Gritchick. I usually get good power numbers on Gritchick. Uh, so some combination of the second generation kids, VR and Gritchick kind of works for me as a stack there. Um, it would depend on what I was seeing projection and price wise, putting it together. But I think we can roll out some blue Jays against Sixto. Uh, Sixto is a very high pedigree kid. You mentioned he had a dynamite start the other day. Uh, so is 29.8% strikeout and only 2.1% walk over his whopping 12 inning sample size so far in the majors, but he brings it at 98 miles an hour. He's got a, big uh, 10 mile an hour change uh, to his uh, when he throws his change up uh, change in velocity gets a good amount of swing and miss on, miss on all five of his pitches uh so really like the kid overall but again it's it's a rookie i'm always willing to roll out bats that are quality bats and bats that have some power against a kid who's just come up even one of high-end pedigree i think i would probably have some six though on the other side if i was making a bunch of lineups for this weird little slate uh but I think you can attack him with some of those higher end bats. I wouldn't mess around with too many of the bottom end of that lineup. It gets ugly fast, but some of the quality that we talked about, I think you can get to there uh, on the other side, Ryu uh, definitely pitching really, really well this year. Like him a lot uh, in this spot against the weak Marlins lineup. Uh, K's are up this year. They were 27% in uh, 2018. Then they dropped back to 22% last year. Now they're back up around 27 uh, for his career, uh, 0.79 home runs per nine to right-handed hitters. Not much to worry about there. 54.7% ground balls this year, 48% uh, in his career. Uh, Four-seamer cutter and curveball all over 25% whiff, 30% whiff on his changeup. So he's got some good pitches, good swing and miss there. So I really like him. I think we can go to him in uh, heavy and uh, often in this matchup. All right, that's going to take us to the main slate here. It is a solid one. We've got a 10-gamer. Uh, first one back, we're going to just hit on the pitching here. Charlie Morton going against New York. Um, we've got, let's see, Montgomery is going to be on the other side for the Yankees. Montgomery has gone 68, 49, 78, and 95 pitches uh, in his last four starts. That was against the Mets, Boston, Atlanta, and Philly. So some decent offenses in there. Um, he's stretched out, but... I don't know why he went short in a couple of those. Charlie Morton, big big red caution sign with him. He's back from the injured list. He's missed the last three weeks with shoulder fatigue. We have no idea what his pitch count is going to be. 
I really don't want to take any risk on that. I don't think the the Rays would bring him back, you know, too soon. But I could also see him getting like a forty or fifty pitch outing because they're not afraid to do that with anybody, including their their high end guys. So. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big caution flag, like you said on uh, on Morton. And uh, I think the the blurb uh, that I read even said uh, outright three innings. So okay. I would be uh, very concerned about that. Eighty five hundred on DK. That's just too much to pay for that uh, for that spot. And we're also dealing with a pitcher before he went out. He was kind of struggling, had lost two miles an hour off of his fastball, had not regained it by the time he went out. Um, so he was a 26 to 30% strikeout guy the last four years, but uh, before he went out, he was down to 22% so far this year. Uh, it, it's a limited sample. You know, he might come back and, uh, and be throwing fire again and uh, a lot of spin and, uh, and be, go back to right back to who he was, but we're not going to see him enough tomorrow to find out. So I would not go to Charlie there. Montgomery, not a guy I love to, to get to, love to get to for DFS purposes, 7,500 on DK kind of high price for his quality is like an SP 2 7,100 on FanDuel. I don't think you need it. Uh, not getting a great projection on him. Um, so he's a pitcher, 21.7% strikeout for his career, uh, 7.5% walk 1.19 uh, home run per nine. So it doesn't give up a ton of power, but he's not a big time strikeout pitcher. Uh, use throws a sinker 25% of the time, 45% ground ball, so far this year in uh, his 24 innings, which didn't qualify in uh, the leaderboard, he's drawing 29.3% soft contact, which is excellent. That is you know, a really phenomenal rate. Not something I think is sustainable over the course of the season, but you like to see it for now. So if he can keep doing that, if he can get the ball on the ground, you might see an okay start from an innings perspective. You might get through five clean, strike out two or three hitters and not get really hurt, not kill you. But it's, I think we can do better. And with Aaron Boone as the manager, he's got a quick hook usually. That's his philosophy with these guys. He likes to get to that Yankees pen. So I think we could see him get hooked early and not put up what we need. All right, next one's a little bit more interesting, but not for good reasons. You've got Kyle Hendricks, who has been given a very nice pitch count. He's averaging about 96 pitches per outing this season without Joe, Joe Madden you know, pulling him in the sixth or before whether he needed to be or not, but he's been giving up a lot of home runs. So that's a bit of a problem. Two, two, and one in his last three starts. That's a concern. Uh, the You know, he's been pounding the strike zone, just two walks. Uh, he does have, what is that, 14 strikeouts. That's across 18 innings. Um, so, yeah. But he's going against Pittsburgh. We like to target against Pittsburgh this season. On the other side, we have a broken pitcher who broke Terry's model. Take it away with Derek Holland. Yeah, Derek Holland, man. Before we got on the show, I told Emac uh, we were just chatting, and uh, I glanced over at my model. The Cubbies happened to be pulled up, and I said, oh, geez, this is broken. I got to look into it. Oh, no, they're just going up against Derek Holland. The numbers are eye-popping in my home run model uh, for the Cubbies tomorrow against Holland. So four players currently over 20, which uh, you guys know that 10 is typically the good mark that we're looking for there. 20 is extreme. Uh, so I think we can stack Cubbies uh, – quite often tomorrow uh holland's 2.13 home run per nine in 2019 2.07 in 2017 overall lies a 162 to righties for his career limits it to lefties so maybe roll out some more of those righty bats and uh, some of the switch hitters on the cubs uh first percentile on exit velo fourth in hard hit rate seventh in x woba sixth in xerra 
third in barrels. These are all bad numbers. Uh, decent in uh, strikeout, you know, K rate, uh, 61, uh, 61st percentile, 54th in whiff. It's a little above league average in those, but not somebody to fear. Somebody we definitely want to target and stack against. Hendo on the other side, I think we can get to pitchers pretty frequently against Pirates uh, just in general. I had a fair share of John Lester today. Last I saw, he had only given up one run. I hope that's still holding up because, like I said, I got a decent amount of them. Uh, Hendo, I'm not too worried about the home runs. They're a little wonky. Six home runs in 44 innings through this year. 0.89 uh, home run per nine for his career. Sub one uh, to, uh, to both hands. So he's not a guy that the platoon really gets to. 45.7% grounders so far this year, up from 41% last year, uh, trending back toward his career norm of uh, 47%. Very good on a lot of the quality of contact numbers as well. 90th percentile exit velo, 91st hard hit rate, uh, 80th in barrels, also 82nd in ex-woba. So I think we can get to some Hendricks. Uh, I don't know that I would go completely haywire with it. Uh, price 8300 on FanDuel, getting a good projection. 87 on DK. think I like him better over on FanDuel where he's like an inexpensive tier uh, single starter as opposed to kind of a pricey in-between SP1, SP2 kind of a guy. All right. Uh, moving along, Max Scherzer going to try to do what Pat Corbin could not, who gave up what? Well, the score is 6 nothing in the eighth. We've got uh, Corbin. Oh, Corbin was only tagged for two runs. Sadly, uh, the bullpen let the Nationals down once more. 10400 though, for Scherzer. That's a phenomenal price point. He's not faced Philadelphia yet this year. In his last uh, couple outings, remember, he, he uh, had a start skip there, but he went ni- uh, 92, 108, and 105, uh, and 111 in there for his last four since uh, returning uh, from his I, I think it's just one start. In any event, or was it a mm-hmm. rainout? They, they pushed him back for one. Um, still is tough place, tough tough place to go. Zach Wheeler on the other side, reasonably good pitcher, having a phenomenal year. Doesn't get enough strikeouts, relies heavily on the ground ball, and is 9,500. Price is going to keep me away from him. Uh, any merits to to either of those guys? How confident are how confident are you in Scherzer against a decent uh, Phillies lineup here? Uh, yeah, I like I like Max. I'm getting an okay projection for him. Um, so on FanDuel, he's 11-2 which is a little bit on the high end, just based on the board where he's projecting for everybody else. It's not a Max Scherzer kind of projection. Uh, and it's based on the matchup against the, uh, you know, very good Phillies offense that my model tends to respect 10, four on DK, I think is a pretty good price. 800 less than on FanDuel. I think we can get to him more over there. Um, just looking at my, uh, my board. If I sort by projection here, he's my, yeah, he's only like my fourth highest projected FanDuel starter. And I've got several guys who are significantly less expensive uh, above him. So I'm not sure how much I'm going to get to him. In, in a vacuum, he's a pitcher I love, of course. 37 innings, uh, 34.4% strikeout rate this year, 2.96 uh, XFIP, 134 whip, putting a few too many guys on base, uh, but hasn't really, really burned him. Uh, so he's. Uh, uh, dominating stack cast. He's got a lot of whiff on his slider, 59% whiff on, uh, on his slider, all 120 that he's thrown this year have been to right-handed hitters. And it's got a zero, a 0.041 X ISO on the pitch. 
uses his curve, his cutter, his change, and gets 25% whiff against lefties as his out pitch over there. Overall, 92nd percentile strikeout rate, 93rd whiff, uh, 66th percentile x Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But not a pitcher you really worry too much about on and uh, against anybody. So I you could play him on FanDuel. It's just I don't love the price. Uh, and on DK, I think we can get to it. Uh, Wheeler on the other side, the Nats are a lineup I respect. Like you said, he's not striking anybody out. 15.3% strikeout rate, getting ground balls, uh, and like and that's what he relies on. 53.8% grounders in 2020, was 44% and 42% the last two years. So it's really gone up in Philly. Uh, 26% uh, sinker two-seamer usage, uh, nearly all to right-handed hitters. Slider and his curve get good with, but overall he's not working the strikeout. Uh, lots of medium contact on the grounds. He ranks 30th overall in uh, soft contact, but he ranks second in uh, medium contact. Uh, or, I'm sorry, second in uh, limiting hard contact, uh, only to Kenta Maeda. He's a 30.5% hard hard hit rate. Maeda's a 25%. Uh, Maeda takes his and sends it to soft contact, though, where Wheeler's goes to 54% medium contact. So it's interesting. He's giving up liners, decently hit balls, uh, and not converting it to soft contact. So that's something that you could see change. And if the ground balls start dropping, he could end up in trouble. I don't think it's something that we have to worry about against the nationals here, but he's not a pitcher. I'm really going to get to in too much uh, capacity because of the limited strikeouts. Uh, and it is a lineup I like. All right. You've got the next game is a mess. Boston. I don't think it's possible. They could have a worse pitching staff. We'll see. Um, <laughs> So Robbie Erlin is going to go for Atlanta. I'm seeing a couple different things here for Boston. Robbie Erlin, whole lot of meh. Um, definitely take Boston against him. He's the lefty if you needed to know. I'm seeing one site is saying Martin Perez. Why are they saying Martin Perez? The, uh, the I have Mike Kickham. So that's where I'm. So it looks like it's Robert Stock is going to go as the opener, and Kickham is going to go as the reliever or the probable <laughs> follower. Thirty-one year old, first big league game since two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> career eleven ERA over thirty innings. That's all you need to know there. I was just trying to figure out why is Martin anyway. Neither here nor there. 
Yeah, that's weird. I hadn't seen uh, Martin pop up, but yeah, I, I was just looking forward to talking about the guy who hasn't pitched in the show since 2014. <laughs> <laughs> when you see a guy as a 31-year-old rookie who has not tracked 40 innings pitched in the show, uh, you can safely assume that you can skip him. Minor league journeyman, six organization, uh, all in the minors, except for a blip back with, uh, was it San Francisco, I think? back in the day so back then uh, and that's all we can really go by he was throwing a 90 mile an hour fastball an 84 mile an hour slider none of them were overly effective in the very limited uh, 32 innings he's pitched uh so i think we can safely skip that guy uh and we can probably look to some of those braves bats uh and i think we can probably look to some of the red sox bats as well against erlin do not get a strong projection for him i would not go to erlin on either side despite the price I just think these, even the diminished Red Sox lineup that we have here uh, with guys like Yairo Munoz, Sue Lin, Jonathan Aruz, uh, you know, it's not the Red Sox of uh, back in the day, uh, but I think even these Red Sox can pound uh, Robbie Erlin for a few runs here. So would get to some of that righty power in the, in the Red Sox lineup that we know and love and uh, not really sweat it too much. All right, Spencer Turnbull should be on the mound here for the Tigers going against Milwaukee in milwaukee he's had a solid season still has not allowed a home run yet this year through 30 innings that i did not see coming uh on the other side adrian hauser who we talked a little bit about last night when we thought he was going to be the starter um he has been scuffling i believe is what what we basically said last year or last night not seeing a lot of the strikeouts that we thought we'd see he does allow power which makes sense because he throws the fastball a lot uh, two one 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 zero one home runs in his games this season. So not getting crushed, doing a good job. Well, doing an adequate job with the walks, but the strikeouts aren't there to make up for it. So not really excited for him at eighty five hundred. Sixty five hundred, we got a different story. But he is playing Detroit. What do we? What do you got for the hurlers here? Yeah, I think I'm with you. It's it's a bit of a tough price to pay on DK at 85. Uh, he's only 6000 on FanDuel. In a world where we needed savings on FanDuel, I would really like that price. Uh, getting a decent projection on him, which is a killer projection at that number, I just don't know what I'm going to do with all that savings. Uh, but I'll probably have some of them against this weak Detroit team. They're a team I typically like to target. Um, you know, not a, not a, a lot of threats in that offense at all. Good amount of strikeouts. Um, just scrolling over on the board here, if it'll let me. Detroit sits, uh, let's see. Strikeout rate, they are the highest on tomorrow's slate team strikeout rate at 27.5%. Uh, so striking out a lot. There's a lot of whiffs there, even for a guy who's not really getting them. Uh, he's only at 17.5% this year. But like you mentioned, it was something we expected more of him based on what we had seen from him in the past in the bullpen. So maybe he picks up a few bonus Ks against this team. Um, Turnbull on the other side, like you said, has been pitching really well. Uh, 20% strikeout rate on the year. He does have a 13.9% walk rate, 497 XFIP. Uh, so it's not necessarily translating off of like the back of the baseball uh, card uh, stats. 49.4% ground balls, which is sustaining him. He's a career 48.2% guy. Throws a sinker 22.5% of the time. Gets good whiff on his slider. Got a heavy spin four-seam fastball, 25% whiff on the uh, on the fastball. So helps set up that sinker, helps keep the ball on the ground if guys are looking up in the zone for the fastball. Um, overall, though, I don't know if he's a pitcher I completely trust, uh, and my model doesn't really either. Uh, it's too big a price for me on DK. 
probably too big of a price to have any uh, real shares of them on FanDuel at uh, 22 point, uh, I'm sorry, at, at 8,100, not getting a great projection. Brewers lineup, we've talked about a couple times recently. They're probably not as good as their reputation might suggest, but I think there's enough in that lineup that they could at least get to them. I don't know if they're a stack target for me tomorrow, but I think they could get to Turnbull for at least a decent enough game where you don't want him. All right, on to our next game here. Tough ask for Jake Junis. The righty is going against Cleveland. Uh, let's see. He has made three starts so far this year, 69, 76, and 64 pitches. I do want to point out he has allowed the fifth most home runs in the league since the start of the 2018 season. He's 7,200 on D. Eh, not really excited about that. Tristan McKenzie, on the other hand, had that phenomenal first start against, wait for it, Detroit, where he had 10 strikeouts in six innings on 80 pitches. I uh, went against St. Louis in his next start, 84 pitches, um, three strikeouts, three walks, made it four innings. So he's, it was not horrible by any stretch, but uh, at 6,700, I'm going to consider him against Kansas City. Um, Kansas City striking out uh, more than they have in the past, I guess is a, a fair way to say it. Um, they are 10th in the league right now, 25% strikeout rate against righties, uh, and they are scoring runs 12% less efficiency, efficiently than righties against righties than the rest of the league. So take a chance on the kid. Not overly excited for, for Junis. If Junis was going to give us 90 pitches, I'd probably have him equal. But I don't know what we're getting from Junis. Yeah, and Junis isn't a guy I, I really go to all that much. Um, he's 12.2 innings pitched so far. We've said year. bad things about a lot of pitchers here. We're running out of player pool. Really <laughs> Just take the day off, everybody. <laughs> so, now nah, we got some guys to work with here. I like the kid on the other side of this one, Matt, like you were saying. So just looking at Junis, 50% uh, ground ball this year, but uh, just 42% for his career. Uh, he's yielding. Funnily, uh, in his 12.2 innings, uh, or 12 and two-thirds innings, rather, uh, he's yielded 50% hard contact and 40% medium contact, which is not good. Uh, but that's a very small sample, of course. 18% uh, sinker usage. He stopped throwing his curveball entirely. It was a 15% usage pitch, and he was getting 25% uh, whiff on it uh, previously. Uh, it was his out pitch against left-handed hitters, and he doesn't really seem to have one anymore. Uh, his home run per nine career, uh, 178 to righties. So maybe load up on some righties. And uh, I think we can really go to both sides of the plate against him here if uh, if you're so inclined. Uh, the Indians play well. We we have talked about them a number of times. Uh, like the number I'm getting on Fran Mill, just as a little uh, home run if you're looking for a one-off there. Both sides, pretty good price. Uh, bottom end of the Indians lineup, a little bit dicey. Uh, they get super cheap, though, so it helps you build with them. McKenzie on the other side, I think you're right. I think it's 6,700 on DK. He's definitely in play. Uh, I have to fix the innings projection that I'm getting for him. I think he's 8,000 is just borderline price range for where I'd want to be on him on FanDuel. I think he's going to get some ownership at that number, which is probably going to break me off of him. I'm probably not going to get to him if he's getting owned. So it'll probably really come down to what the top starters tool says tomorrow and what Alex sees for him for uh, probability of success and for uh, ownership. Overall, I do really, really like the kid. I mean, he's a phenomenal prospect. Uh, he's 
Uh, only four innings uh, pitched last time out after that 10 strikeout debut, gave up a home run, two earned, uh, three strikeouts. Didn't have the same command, but it's probably a blip. He was reliably above 30% strikeouts uh, when he was healthy in the minors. He's a kid who's had some major injuries in the past, but he seems healthy. He's over it. 94 mile an hour, heavy, heavy spin fastball. Good whiff on that. Plus, plus breaking balls, plus change. So great arsenal. I like the kid. I don't love the spot on the one pitcher, but yeah, I think you can definitely roll out a good amount of them at 67 on DK. All right. We're getting to be interesting here. We've got four games left. I'm saying interesting because I've got Jose Berrios going against one of the, nay, the offense to beat this year, the Chicago White Sox. He uh, was not up for the task. The last time he faced them, which was his first start of the season. So we'll give him that. He has been relatively solid from a strikeout perspective. Six, nine, seven, four, six, 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 and then one in that start that opened the se- his season against the White Sox. He's He's been adequate. He's 7,900. I, I, I don't know what to do with him. I don't want to target him i don't want to target against him on the other side ronaldo lopez i definitely want to target against him shockingly he has only allowed let's see two home runs this year but that's because he has only made three starts how many uh let's do i still have that up he has allowed the ninth most home runs since the beginning of the 2018 season just three behind jake junis so yeah let's uh target against ronaldo lopez here i don't know what what to do with barrios because he had sort of turned things around a little bit this year and he's looking like a starter i thought and we've talked about this or i've talked about this on shows before i thought this was going to be the perfect situation for him to just get you know go out there every five days and get four innings get some strikeouts, and just be done with it. But he's been going into the fifth and the sixth inning, which is something he couldn't do when he was tasked as being a starter. So who knows? Hashtag 2020. But I I just don't have a lot of confidence on either side. He is going against, again, arguably the best offense in the league right now. Uh, Against righties uh, from a WURC Plus perspective, they're at 107. I think against lefties, they're at something like 136 or something the White Sox are. They just have a boatload of power. Um, you know, they strike out at mid middle of the road rates, maybe a tick higher than average, but that's where we're trending this year, just with the way everything's going, but they're, they're very, very dangerous. I just don't know that there's upside in there and this could be a two home run allowed game and he could get chased early. So I don't feel great about Barrios. Yeah, neither do I. I'm uh, completely with you on that, and so is my model here. Uh, I like the price better on DK, at least. He's 8800 on FanDuel and just not getting a good projection on him entirely because of the offense that he's facing here. Uh, you said it, they're, they're just top to bottom good. One through nine in this order are good hitters. Uh, I really would worry about rolling any pitcher out against them uh, in, in any real giant shares. Uh, so far this year, Barrios is 24.8% strikeout rate. So he's doing well there. 11.5% walk rate though. So he's putting too many guys on. You can't do that against this offense. That's going to cost you if you do that here. So four, three, six X fit one, four, seven whip dicey. It's a tough, tough ask. Like you said, coming in, uh, guy gets good whiff on his curve and his change. Some on his four seamer, 
I'd love to see what he could do if he could add like 100, 200 RPM to his four-seamer, just add a little bit more spin to it and just create that effect that we talked about. All of his other stuff will play really well off of it, but he's not going to do that between today and tomorrow. So I'm uh, a little bit concerned for his upside here. Uh, I think we can do better for the price. I know we talked about many good pitchers, but uh, it, it's a tough, tough ask. I don't, I don't know that I can justify getting to him at all on FanDuel. Minimal on DK. Uh, it would probably be an oddball of a spot, and that price is something where maybe you could get really contrarian by paying up for him as an SP2, putting him with one of the higher-end pitchers, and then going cheap with bats. That'd be a really weird build, and I don't think a lot of people will do it. Uh, I don't love him as your SP1, and then you know, you've got him in an SP1 and then taking a risk with a dice roll cheaper than him in SP2. Don't like doing that. So he's a weird price point over there. Um, tricky. Ronaldo on the other side, I don't think I want to mess with. Uh, not against this powerful Twins offense with the home runs uh, ability in that uh, that they can bring. 5,700 on DK. If you really wanted to roll some dice, he might be your guy to do that with just because of the price. I don't get an absurdly bad projection on him, um, but – I, I don't know. He certainly hasn't earned trust and he gives up all those home runs. Gets a good amount of whiff on his slider. Around league average and exit below allowed so far this year, but it's a it's what, an eight-inning sample. Uh, so we can't really trust anything in StatCast this year. 139 home run for nine now for his career. 152 to lefties. I think we drill into more of the twin stack than we do with anything with this pitcher. All right, next game we have nothing great. Colby Allard 6,500, a lefty going against Houston. No, thank you. Uh, on the other side, you do have Christian Javier. We have seen Framber Valdez battle back from negative fantasy points to uh, against the Rangers. He's still in the game. 84 pitches, seven strikeouts, three walks, three earned runs. He's no longer negative. Um, we are paying even more for Christian Javier, who I do not think is... We don't have nearly as much of a track record as we do with Framber Valdez, and we barely have a track record with Framber Valdez. What do you want to do with Javier? Oh boy, it's another tricky one. <laughs> it is Texas, though, and... but I mean, it's yeah, it's the Texas lineup. It's, it's, they're not good. We know they're not good, and they traded away some of their good hitters. So, they're what do you really, think their really WRC pluses right now, Texas against righties? Uh, 24% below average. Uh, 32% below average. 68. I'm going to give myself a little close. That's, that's really that's bad. not bad. That's not <laughs> bad, yeah. You were you were saying uh, the Brewers, basically. They're worse than the <laughs> Brewers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is another spot where I just don't really love either pitcher. Um, taking a look for uh, Javier here, and my dog is, like, attacking me as I'm trying to look this up sorry about that everybody emac might be able to see him on camera i can see him yeah <laughs> first appearance <laughs> there he is so yeah he's uh seven home runs allowed five to lefties in uh for javier just uh 30 uh, 31 innings pitch so far this year uh good quality contact numbers overall uh 81st percentile and exit velo 80th and hard hit rate giving up 30, uh sitting in the 31st percentile of barrels so that's where some of those home run balls probably came from with rate only uh, 24th percentile, but 65th in uh, strikeout rate. So, so cause some kind of weird numbers in StatCast, but not a pitcher who's really earned anything uh, from us yet. Um, 
25.6% strikeout rate so far this year, 474 XFIP, only a 103 whip. So he's not putting a ton of guys on base. Against a bad lineup, I don't really want much to do with him at 7,600 on FanDuel. And is he really 9,300 on DK? Yes. Yeah, I don't think we can justify that at all. I don't know. Can you just, would you have any of them? Like five, 10%? So, most likely. And here's, here's why. I don't know how much I trust Scherzer in the matchup against the Phillies, but that would be the pivot away from Scherzer. A lot of it's okay. going to depend on how popular he is. Because why wouldn't you just go up to Scherzer, right? He's right. essentially matchup proof, even though the Phillies strike out the least against righties this year in the league. But he's it's Max Scherzer. Everybody strikes out against Max Scherzer. So it's going to come down more to game theory, but we've got two games left. We're still running out of pitchers because the matchups aren't great for even the good guys. Uh, you've got, well, we do have a couple good ones coming up. Well, Walker Bueller is, is well, let's, we'll find out is Walker Bueller going to be one of them. He uh, was coming off the injured list. Remember he missed a start with the blister, had a 30 game or a 30 pitch um, side session and should be good to go this blurb says without much limitation but he is 10,200 and what is without much limitation when you've gone 92 89 87 and 79 pitches in your last four starts if you go 80 or less which feels about right 75 80 do i really want that for 10,200 i don't know on the other side you've got zach allen who has been absolutely outstanding this season but he's going against the Dodgers, which is not uh, a good thing for anybody. Uh, this will be his second time against the Dodgers. He held his own the first time, went six innings, allowed one home run, two earned run totals, two total earned runs, nine strikeouts, uh, 23 DraftKings points. They got the win. So, um, so I don't uh, know. I wish I wish Zach was going against Texas and I'd play him instead of Javier. <laughs> That would solve a lot of these problems. Yeah. (laughs) That would be the play, but so would everybody else. And (laughs) 75% owned on DK. Um, So it's tough. Uh, I like the Walker Bueller side. I'm going to swallow the risk on, uh, on the innings and just hope that he puts up. If he gives me 90 pitches, I think I'm good. I, I really like the kid. He's got great strikeout stuff. He's an ace. So really the pitches and old, you know, Captain Hook Dave Roberts was, uh, is really the only thing to worry about here. A little dicey uh, for the price, you know, 10-3 on FanDuel is, is a lot to pay for one, you know, on your one pitcher site. Um, getting a very good projection on him, but it, again, it's with high innings. 10-2 on DK, same, you know, same kind of idea. Gallon is a tough pivot on the other side. 10K on FanDuel, 94 on DK. I like it. I can justify it a little bit more over there. Uh, but like you were just saying, it's it's a really tough ask against this Dodgers lineup. The other basically, you know, presumptive best offense in baseball, them and the White Sox are just putting things up. So Gallon's 28.4% strikeout for his career, 9.7% walk. Another guy who's a former Marlin now pitching for the Diamondbacks. So we saw them trade another pitcher over yesterday. Very, very good quality contact numbers uh, so far this year. 78th percentile exit VLO, 82nd hard hit rate, uh, sitting uh, 79th percentile in XWOBA, 72nd percentile in strikeout rate, 71st in whiff. So he's getting a lot of strikeouts, generating 40% ground balls, 30% fly ball. So some, some hitters get the ball in the air against him, of course. Uh, 30% whiff on his cutter curve and change. So he's got some strikeout pitches, got a good arsenal. 
I think we can get to some of them here, uh, particularly on DK. I think that price is an interesting pivot. I think even despite the matchup, I might go to Gallon a little bit more than I would go to a Javier. It's a tr- tricky, tricky spot. And I, I don't like saying that, but I think with the dearth of good pitching options and with that as one of the main pivot options there, I think we can get to it. Um, I don't know that I would do it very much on FanDuel where I like some of the other one pitcher options better. All right. Fun with numbers as we start to, to wind things down here. The Dodgers this year have a 132 uh, WRC plus against righties. That's pretty good, nice. right? Now you say yes. ah, it's a thousand at bats, right? Small sample size. Well, WRC plus actually starts to normalize a, a little bit there. Remember, because it's it's trying to neutralize all the park factors and mm-hmm. and it's more of a comparing it against other teams kind of situation, right? It's about it's kind of a the caveman explanation of it, but that's more essentially what it's doing. If we take everybody's active rosters and their results wherever they were over back to the beginning of the 2018 season, would that be more representative of the, of the Dodgers WRC plus? I think it would. So over those 8,300 at bats, they have a 127. <laughs> so they go down 5% and they lead the league by far. So, okay. Just, no matter how you slice it, the Dodgers are pretty darn good against lefties. We did see Cody Bellinger not in the lineup. He was sore during batting practice they decided to, with an abundance of caution, to not have him play. Would not shock me if he sits out a second day. Dodgers are just cruising right now. Um, you know, yeah. it, so that that takes a big bat out of the lineup. Do they lose a lot of depth? No, but it's one of their key stacking pieces um, for it. But that that still doesn't. I don't know what to do with uh, with Galen um, or Gallon. Right. Um, last game. Are you ready? I don't think you want to talk about Julio Tehran going against the Dodgers. <laughs> you read my mind. Is there anybody else in this game you want to mention? But actually, before we move on, I, I want to go back to what you were just saying on the on the Dodgers end because yeah. it's important to note, like you were saying, you do lose Bellinger. We've also lost Turner, who went on the DL. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he had the hamstring and, issue. Yep. And Jack Peterson wasn't in the lineup. Is he on the DL? And I missed that. Hmm. Jack wasn't in the lineup today either. If all three of those hitters are out of the lineup, I mean, it's still a good lineup. Just looking down what they rolled out today, right? You've got Betts, Seager, Pollock, Muncy, Taylor Smith, uh, Hernandez, Rios, and Lux. That's still a pretty darn good lineup, but it's not that Dodgers lineup with that gigantic WRC+. Plus. So, uh, Peterson maybe. hit by hit by a pitch on the 27th in the finger was pulled. Um, I don't know if that's a lingering issue. He <laughs> has played... In the three games since, once as a pinch hitter and twice as a starter. Uh, he did okay. not play on the 30. Oh, the Dodgers didn't. Dodgers. Yeah. All right, didn't so maybe, maybe just a little rest for Jock, but Good. something to keep an eye on. You never know. Something to, you know, maybe a little, if you need an argument in Gallon's favor to do a tiebreaker, maybe that's what it is. So, anyway, moving on to that other game uh, that you were just asking about, the last one on the slate. You know that I'm a Denison Lament fan. You know that I was waiting to talk about him. You know I don't want to talk about Tehran. So, uh, yeah, Lament, I think we can get to here. The Angels are not that good. Uh, they've got a few very good They've got a Mike Trout, and then they've got a couple pretty good hitters. Uh, Anthony Rendon is a star. He's a very good hitter. And the lineup kind of falls apart after that. You guys know I like Joe Adele out there, and he's got a ton of power. 
He hit the two home runs that I completely missed out on the other day, but he's just really not making contact. Uh, just looking down this lineup uh, for current year stats, Otani is hitting, and we're talking batting average, which I don't like, but uh, just to use it, Otani's hitting 189, Adele's hitting 173, Castro's hitting 192, oh, Castro's gone, but uh, Renfigo's hitting 158. I mean, there's a lot of holes in this lineup toward the back end, and then none of the guys in the, uh, on the front end are doing very well. You've got some power. Uh, you know, you've got Trout, obviously, to avoid. Uh, you've got Rendon in there with a 209 ISO, and then you've got uh, Brian Goodwin has a pretty good ISO. Other than that, the power hasn't really been there. So I want to target this Angels lineup. I want to roll some Daniel Silva Met. 9,300 on FanDuel, getting a very good projection on him. 99 on DK, getting up there in price, but now you're putting him in that tier with those other guys. Maybe he's one that the public doesn't go to as much just on name recognition. He's, I know he's gotten more popular and people know who he is more now. But when you put him next to a Scherzer, next to a Bueller, next to a Gallon and a Wheeler, maybe he looks a little uh, less appealing to the public, and maybe we can get to him there, get a little bit sneaky. Dynamite Kid, uh, just ridiculous strikeout stuff. 30.9% uh, strikeout on his career. Uh, he's given up four home runs in 38 innings, which is a 0 0.94, which is an improvement over his 1.36 home run per nine for his career. Throws a 97-mile-an-hour uh, four-seamer and a two-seamer uh, sinker as well. 86-mile-an-hour uh, slider that he's getting 50% whiff on uh, so far this year. Just a dynamite kid's uh, 0.098 X-ISO against that slider. So just an incredible pitch. Uh, really like him. Do not want any of Julio Tehran on the other side. I think you can, I think it's going to be a super popular move, but if you can figure out how to do it with, between the pricing and the popularity, I think loading up on the Padres bats is probably going to be a good idea against Tehran here. And that definitely makes sense. Uh, reason uh, Peterson wasn't in the lineup, they started a lefty. That That's my guess. Oh, and <laughs> well, because I just looking, it's like, wait, Kike and Chris Taylor are both? Oh, it's a lefty. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that they, makes, and they, that makes they don't have as quick of a hook as they do as they did once upon a time with with Peterson against a lefty. I'm a little surprised that he wasn't in the lineup tonight, just because Alex Young has not been great against lefties. And if, if you're ever looking for a time to to uh, give uh, some reps to to your guy who's trying to get better um, against lefties, this would be the time. But when you've got a deep lineup like that, I guess you know. I worry about it plus maybe it was a little bit of the finger and, and he gets two days off now so there you are yeah could also you never know it could have been a thing because they had that whole issue where they were trying to trade him before the season and all of that so they might have just been trying to showcase a pre-deadline deadline passed and uh, mm. now that they don't need to do it they can focus on winning but uh, i like jock i would want jock on my team I don't, I don't know what they're thinking there but they're deep like you said anyway all right that's gonna wrap it up for us reminder we were sponsored by Yahoo. See, I said I'd wait. I waited till the end. Uh, they do have CSV upload and edit now. Mass multi-entry is a thing, though not in very many of their contests, but it is helpful to organize uh, things and be able to import and export to make adjustments. Uh, but they do have their no management fee contests posted for basketball and baseball. Those tend to fill rather quickly they are not large but it's a great way to build your bankroll that's yahoo fantasy sports any final thoughts before we dip on out of here t mcbee final thoughts are i'm gonna grab some dinner and i'm gonna see what is going haywire with my lineups for tonight because i am not doing well today i think all my pitching broke dicey one
folks he doesn't know yet about John Lester. <laughs> and with <laughs> that, gamers... <laughs> he glanced at it during the show. He knows. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.